Welcome to the Looking Up Show for another Wednesday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> and I'm glad you are here. And <laughs> I'm, I'm here with my friends Sharissa and Shal, and um, they are laughing at me again. <laughs> because uh, he had a bit of trouble getting his headphones on. <laughs> oh, have mercy. It's going to be one of those days I can see. Luckily, we had Shell to come start. to the rescue. What a start. What a start. What a start. It could only happen on this program. <laughs> only on this program. Truly organic. Keeping it organic. Now, if that's not evidence that this program is organic. <laughs> oh, boy. If only the listeners could see how my headphones were placed on my head. One was on properly. The other one was, um, yeah, I'm not Placing sure. Where somewhere yes. else. <laughs> a bit like my mind. It's somewhere else and I'm here. So anyway, good to have you, folk. My name is Danny and I'm here with my friend Sharissa, who is our co-host today, and Shell, who is ensuring that everything runs smoothly and that um, the headphones are on properly. So thank you, Shell, for that. And um, I'll forever be grateful to you. Good to be here. It's a sunny day here in Newcastle. Not quite sure what it's like where you are, but it's a beautiful sunny day, about 22, 23 degrees, somewhere there. Yeah, absolutely. It's gorgeous. It is. It is a beautiful day. And so we are well and truly in the midst of spring, so into November. And guess what? December is just around the corner. Oh, dear. The Christmas decorations will be out. I know. I know. So, um, yeah, well, we've got another big show for you today. We're going to be wrapping up the the seven churches message with the message to Laodicea, which is very applicable. In fact, that's the most important message out of the seven because it directly relates to us and our day. So we're going to be unpacking that. We've also got a lot of current events to cover in light of Bible prophecy. They're coming thick and fast, Sharissa. Absolutely. So much to, oh. to be amazed about. The there moment. is, there is. So we're, we're, we've got a lot to share with you. So I hope and pray that you'll stick around um, all the way through. We've got a giveaway, as always, to share with you and hope and pray that you'll be able to um, participate in that. Now, if you want to contact us, um, you've got a comment, you've got a question, you just want to share something, here is the number. It's 0491. 064669. That's 0491064669. So sit back, relax, and we're going to have a wonderful time together on this afternoon looking up show. So glad that you have joined us. If it's for the first time, big welcome. If you're our regular, may God bless you. And I'm sure our good friend Freco is on board. So big hi to you, Freco. So God bless. Look forward to spending this time with you over these next couple of hours. Enjoy this song from Jesse Clark. Come now, Every blessing Tune my heart to Sing thy grace Streams of mercy Never ceasing Call for songs of Loudest praise 
Hope you enjoyed that beautiful song, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And um, every blessing comes from on high. Sharissa, we are blessed. Absolutely. We are blessed in every way. So that is why we can praise the Lord continually. And as the Apostle Paul said in 
Philippians chapter 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. There's always rejoicing to be done. And there's actually something we can be very happy about today. Yes, in indeed. The news. Tell me, tell me. Yeah, oh, the very yeah. exciting news. Yeah, let's start off with the really exciting good news. Well, the good news, I'm sure everybody's already seen and heard of it already, but little Cleo, who went missing, how many days ago has it been? I think it was about a month almost. About a month? 18 days. 18 18 days. days. 18 days ago. Uh, She was found located in in the Chloe, is it? Chloe or Cleo? Cleo. Uh, What a good news story. And I like that I saw the Prime Minister. I know he's very busy over in uh, Glasgow at the moment, but he he tweeted. And he did say as part of his tweet how how happy he was, you know, to see this story. It's a good news story. But he also said our prayers answered. And wow. truly is uh, an answer to prayer. Indeed. Miracle. I mean, yeah, there have been people praying for, for little Cleo um, around Australia and around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we hear of these stories. You know, she's not, she's not an isolated incident. As we know, you know, many children have disappeared and many are still, are still, are still lost. Like that, that, is it Tyrrell? Well, what was that boy's name um, up on the mid-north coast? Um, do you remember, Shell? That that little boy that disappeared, um, yeah. So I remember the story, but I don't remember. Yeah, the story. so that little boy that disappeared several years ago. Now um, there's a little girl, I think Madeline McCain, or, or or something like that. I can't exactly remember the exact uh, name, but yeah, you've got children, you know, that have disappeared. That's right. And um, but thankfully she was found alive. Yes. Praise the Lord for that. You know what amazed me um, in that. Uh, you know, as 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 the reports are coming out now, there was a hundred police officers. Wow, what a what a know, working effort. around the clock. God bless. Working them. around the clock, so fifty in Perth and fifty there, I think, in Carnarvon, um, and uh, they were working around the clock, um, examining just everything from, you know, from dash cams to to cameras to you know satellite imagery. Everything, no stone was left unturned in order to try and locate this little girl. Mm-hmm. Nothing was left unturned. And that reminded me of Luke chapter 15. Because in Luke chapter 15, there we have, you know, the good shepherd, he goes looking for the sheep and he does not stop looking until he finds it, Jesus said. And the woman with the lost coin, she looks for it until she finds it. Mm-hmm. So this really is a salvation story. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, speaking of uh, happy reunions, it has been really wonderful to see some of those on the news with people flying in from overseas. Oh, yes. I don't yes. know. I always get emotional when I see reunions. Oh, well, you've, <laughs> well, you've, you've had a bit of that yourself, yeah, haven't you? Yeah, and you put yourself in those shoes. But it's just a foretaste mm. of the reunion that will come when, when we're reunited with loved ones who have died. Amen. Uh, looking forward to the return of Jesus and uh, what a hope. That is yeah. for us. Well, yeah, two two great news stories to begin our our afternoon um, program, taking a look at current events as they connect with Bible prophecy. And so, yeah, great stories. Now, anything else you want to share? I've got a few things, but I want you, you to go first. You sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I've probably got something that you've got there too, but it's been very interesting to watch the COP26 mm, yes, um, develop indeed. and, you know, everybody seems to be enjoying it except for a few <laughs> bickerings on the side. Sidelines. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Um, 
But yeah, I did find this article, just it was published November 1st by the Independent Catholic News, and it just had this title, and I thought it was really interesting. It said, Climate Sunday galvanizes church's commitment to as COP26 gets underway. Mm, yeah, so, fascinating. Yeah, very fascinating. Because they have had um, a great push there in the UK, um, encouraging churches to dedicate one Sunday right. um, in the lead up to COP26 where they focus on the environment. That's right. It says here in the article, at least 2,200 churches held a Climate Sunday yeah. in the lead up. So, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, so there is there is more and more of that. It was interesting to hear, um, <coughs> excuse me, to hear the message, the opening address from Boris Johnson, you know, the UK Prime Minister. I'm not sure if you caught that one, Sharissa. Um, some of the some of the language that he used. Did you catch some I, of I, that? I, I didn't. Go go tell okay. me. What it's I fascinating, missed. you know, in in traditional Boris Johnson fashion. Um, he he started off by by tapping into James Bond. <laughs> I did hear that. It's actually. true. <laughs> the, the, I, I just I just read a little bit of the first part. It's really fascinating. He says, "Welcome to COP." So he's addressing the delegates. Welcome to Glasgow and to Scotland, whose most globally famous fictional son is almost certainly a man called James Bond, (laughs) who generally comes to the climax of his highly lucrative film strapped to a doomsday device desperately trying to work out which coloured wire to pull to turn it off while a red digital clock ticks down remorselessly to a detonation that will end human life as we know it and we are roughly in the same position he goes on so he starts off with james bond so he's got everyone on the edge of their seat everyone's thinking back to their favorite james bond movie and now he connects it to guess what a doomsday clock Wow. On climate change. We've me, talked about that here We before. have. We have. Check this out. Check this out. And you can see how this would have been really of interest to me. He goes on. Hey, okay, let me pick it up where I, where I finished off. Um, and, and we are in roughly the same position. Okay, so the clock's about to tick. Uh, it's all about to explode. He says, my fellow global leaders, as James Bond today except that the tragedy is that this is not a movie and the doomsday device is a real and the clock is ticking to the furious rhythm of hundreds of billions of pistons of turbines and furnaces yes. and engines with which we are pumping carbon into the air faster and faster, record outputs and quitting, sorry, quilting the earth in an invisible and suffocating blanket of CO2, raising the temperature of the planet with a speed and an abruptness that is entirely man-made. And then he goes on and he talks about this, that, and the other, about you know what the world's going to look like with at 2 degrees, what it's going to look like at 3 degrees, what it's going to look like at 4 degrees above pre-industrial levels um, by the end of this century. And then he finishes, well, he doesn't finish off, he goes on and on, but this is sort of how he continues. He says, it's one minute to midnight on that doomsday clock and we need to act now. If we don't get serious about climate change today, it will be too late for our children to do so tomorrow. Mm, that so, seems to be a common theme. We've got to move today. Today, today, today is the day. And, um, and it's interesting that the Bible uses that language. Right. <laughs> is that where you were going? I was going thinking of that, yeah. In um, yeah, Hebrews chapter 3 and 4. But it's interesting that he has moved... He has um, unilaterally moved the doomsday clock mm. from a hundred seconds to midnight, where our friends at the original doomsday clock, those bulletin of atomic scientists, where they move it every January, mm-hmm. and so he's moved it from a hundred seconds to midnight, which is a minute forty, to one minute to midnight. 
Wow. So he's using that same metaphor. And um, it's interesting, uh, Time Magazine, mm-hmm. front cover, this week, I got it literally oh, in my letterbox wish yesterday. Wish everyone could see this. Okay. Can you all see it, folks? I can see I'm it. I'm holding it up. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> okay. The, the time edition for this week. So in case you're listening mm-hmm, to this mm-hmm. at a later time. This is your you, favorite magazine. Oh, it's my favorite. Because Jesus said we need to be in tune with the signs of the times. <laughs> That's Matthew 16, 1 to 4. So it's yep. biblical. Yep. There so, is another magazine folks might want to get their hands on too. The signs of the, the signs of the times. Yes, the original signs of the times. <laughs> carry on. Published in 1885 for the first time. Anyway, <laughs> the front cover has this title: two words, "Last Call." Last call, and it has a picture here on the front um, of delegates sitting there at COP26. You've got the Queen; she's standing up. She's not looking very pleased at all. You've got President Biden; he's on the front row there, and he's looking up and he's wondering. Um, you've got another lady here next to him. I'm not quite sure who she is. We've got Greta, young Greta. Well, she's not so young anymore. She's become an adult. She's 18 years old now, and she's looking very, very unhappy. Can you see? She's looking very unhappy. She there. is. She's looking very unhappy. And then you've got you know, a few other delegates. What you've got on this front cover, you've got, you've got a mixture. If you can picture all this, folk, you may want to go online and check it out. There's a mixture of snowflakes falling. There's a mixture of lightning in the background. There's a mixture of fire. Fire has come into the, into the COP26 meeting room. Can you see there's fire on the seats? Wow, there is too. <laughs> there's a flood, there's a there's, drought, there's a storm. There's, there's everything. Yep. You name it, Glaciers it's all melting. there. Yeah, yeah <laughs> the there right are. Side. There are, yes. Literally, literally this front cover um, encapsulates the world melting down, whichever way you look at it. And so this, this last call is is telling us that this is it. And it's interesting. We've pointed this out. And we're actually going to do a four-part program on this, Sharissa. Oh, really? From next week, we're going to take a look at the biblical and prophetic connection between COVID, climate, and the final crisis, the three Ooh, Cs. C3. C3. Sounds good. And actually, it's C4. It is oh. Christ. Oh, amen. Christ in the crisis. Yep. So we've got climate. C4 COVID, series. C4 series over four over four weeks. So you Can't won't want to miss that. So you want to invite your friends and your enemies to join you over the next four weeks as we unpack that. Amen. So that was really fascinating. Sharissa, do you have other stuff before I continue? Um, no, I think you should continue. Oh, okay. So um, <laughs> I, I also um, looked at uh, there, there's a lot of people going on strike right now. They're striking for various things, um, you know, striking against the, the government mandates that are being rolled out, you know, here, there and everywhere, COVID passports. They're also striking for better conditions. Mm-hmm. They're striking for, you know, better wages and so forth. Um, and so, you know, so, so there's a lot of angst. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of frustration. And, um, so we've got, we have, we have like, we haven't seen in a long, long time. We've got, you know, nations that don't have enough staff in certain sectors. Mm. In America, they're 10 million people short in some of the vital areas. Wow. I think I saw in the news this week in Queensland, they're 4,000 nurses. Yeah, 4,000 nurses. Yeah. That's a huge, huge hole in the huge medical hole. system. And there's a lot of experienced staff here. Yeah, for sure. So, so this is creating shortages. We're talking about, you know, supply chains um, have, have really yes. been disrupted. For example, you know, tractors in the United States, John Deere, you know, the people, you know, yes. the, the, they've already struggled during COVID to get parts and get their tractors and new tractors. And now, 
the workers are going on strike. Many of them are going on strike asking for better conditions. And so you've got farmers who are saying, without tractors, we can't work our land. We can't provide the food. There's going to be trouble. So we're wow. starting to see a big lineup like secondhand tractors are now being sold at auctions more than what they were when they were bought brand new. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. It is amazing. I didn't realise that was happening. It's happening, yeah. So you, we, we obviously, the news can't keep up with everything, but that's quite interesting. Oh, dear. Obviously, David, At- <laughs> At- David Attenborough, back to Glasgow, he made an impassioned speech. The Queen did as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pope Francis, before be- before COP26, yeah. he made an impassioned speech. He met, you know, he encouraged the G20 leaders who met at Rome in the weekend before and that. He met... He met with Biden right. on the Friday. So it's literally all happening. I mean, it's this is, it's, it's like prophecy is coming like out of a fire hydrant. Yes. I just can't. I mean, no wonder I can't put my, put my headphones on properly. It's just gone crazy. <laughs> it's gone mad. That's right. So, um, so that's that. All right. Here's, um, here was a, a Channel 9 um, news article. And this was from, what, November 2, which is, what, yesterday, the day before. Yes. Um, Ten scenarios. This was the headline. Ten scenarios that could rock the world in 2022. Ooh, okay. I missed that. Tell a me US what stock, A U.S. stock market crash and widespread social unrest are the two most likely threat scenarios happening in 2022. Wow. So, so it's all just happening one after the other. Let's not talk about the $9 trillion um, worth of property that we have here in Australia and the enormous leveraging, the inflation going, starting to creep up and, and prices going up and what they're going to do about that. So it's, boy, oh boy, we, we, whichever way you look at it, whichever way you look at it, sure is, so we are living on the edge of eternity. Absolutely, and here's... Oh, we're about to finish. So we're about yeah. to fi- okay. So I'll well, share it after. You'll share it after this, <laughs> folks. Wow, we we have just been going like flat out, as you can tell. So <laughs> sit back, listen to this music, some trust in chariots, uh, but we trust in the Lord, and we'll be back after the news for some more. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Some trust in chariots. Some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name 
of the Lord our God. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Faith FM has a brand new live show each weekday morning straight after the breakfast show called Tassie Encounters. Tune in for fascinating discussions of history, science, faith and personal encounters with Jesus. Tassie Encounters, live every weekday straight after the breakfast show on Faith FM. everyone and Danny's almost here <laughs> but uh, that's why we're a team and uh, here he is <laughs> here he comes so yeah just before the break we were looking at some exciting news articles um, that are just highlighting to us that wonderful news that Jesus is coming again and this amen world with all amen. of its uh, crises and heartache and calamities uh, is coming to an end but the best news is that this world is not our final home. There's a better world coming. Amen and, uh, and amen. And I can't wait for the day when I won't have to worry about the earphones <laughs> anymore, ever again, and my glasses that I've got on right now. <laughs> Fantastic. Absolutely. Well, yeah, you were you were going to well, share something. You were just talking about the supply chains. I was talking about the supply chains. That's look, that's not really on the news much. No, and I, I think seen it much. I think there's good reason why this wouldn't be on the news. Because it would start to create panic. Ah. It would really start to create panic. And yeah. um, so, yeah, it's only when you when you sort of do a little bit of digging and looking into, um, you know, this issue that you realise, yeah, there are some news items out there. There are commentators that are speaking um, on this um, issue. And, yeah, it really is an issue. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. so what do, what do you have on that? Well, this is just as you were talking. I saw this It's um, on CNN. China is urging families to stock up on food as supply challenges multiply. Mm-hmm. And this is published just yesterday. But this is what it says. China is telling families to stock up on food and other daily essentials as bad weather, energy shortages, and COVID-19 restrictions threaten to disrupt supplies. So it seems to be a real global problem. Yeah. Well, look... We- we're, we're in a real dilemma. We are in a real dilemma. So like from whatever angle you take a look at our world, it is starting to really, um, you know, fall apart at the seams. And the Bible speaks about, you know, our world, you know, like an old garment, you know. Right. Um, so, for example, for example, we want to transition. The world wants to transition to uh, a greener economy you know one that is fueled by you know not not carbon um fuels but but that which is um you know sustainable mm-hmm. however we have for the last 200 plus years we have been running this world and this world has been operating you know on on gas on oil and on coal mm-hmm. you know what i mean we've been operating you know this 
world economic system. So all of a sudden to start transitioning from, from that to it's going to take a long time. It's going to take a long time. And so what do you do in the meantime, you know, with the, with the energy supply? Because you've got, you've got, you know, crises in energy, mm-hmm. as you're saying, and that drives the economy. You know, electricity, you know, is one of the biggest, um, consumers that we have. Not to mention, you know, a big, a big issue now at COP26 is, um, methane gases. You know, mm-hmm. what are you going to do with the farming? And, um, and especially Australia, you know, we, we export so much meat, especially beef exports. And um, so, so the way we live now and, um, and trying to transition is very, very challenging. And so when you've got, you know, when you've got people then, then, then going on strike, you've got the mandates um, and people um, walking away from their professions due to their, you know, their, their choice in health. When you combine all these issues and then you combine natural disasters that are kicking in, you combine, you know, the, the, the you know, world historic um, low interest rates. And that's pushing prices right up, like house prices in particular. So guess what? When house prices start going through the roof, guess what's going to start moving up as well? Inflation. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you drop inflation? How do you ensure that inflation doesn't skyrocket? Well, you got to lift interest rates. Oh, there's a problem because what are you going to do with people who the average loan in Australia is over $500,000 now and the majority of those loans are by young people, mm-hmm. young people. So you put up the percentage by half a percent and you're going to start having, you know, mass closures. Wow. And what that's, what's that going to do to the house prices? The house prices are going to start to plummet and people, can, can you see? It's like I've a domino really effect. I've never understood it as clearly as you just explained And it. that wasn't even very clearly explained. Well, <laughs> it made but, sense to my simple brain. So Yeah, so, so that's what we have at the moment. Right. So we want to keep prices high. Yep. But we don't want inflation to go up. But you can't have both. You can't have your cake and eat it too. So anyway. Well, there's a crisis in the world. And where we're going today, there's also a crisis facing God's church. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But there's a solution for that. So that's wonderful. That's exactly (laughs) right. That's exactly right. So look, uh, the good news is uh, Jesus is coming soon. And um, and he told us. And it's interesting that, you know, our friend um, uh, Boris Johnson, you know, the PM of the UK referred to the doomsday clock and one minute to midnight. And what did Jesus say in Matthew 25, verse 6? And at midnight, the cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Jesus yes. arrives at midnight, which which is a metaphor for the darkest time in human history. And we are now heading there. That's what they're all saying. Yep. That's yeah. what the news We're commentators, the, the economists, the ecologists, um, everyone is saying that we uh, are, are getting to that midnight hour. And so Jesus is on his way. So, folk, look up because your redemption is drawing near. Amen. And if I could just add one thing to that, Second Corinthians 6 verse 2 says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Amen. So that's, that's what Amen is. and amen and amen. Well, there's so much more that we could share, but we'll leave the rest um, for next week. I'm sure there will be more news next uh-huh. week for us to share, but we thank God that... That, yeah, we have the blessed hope that Jesus is coming back soon. So, Sharissa, over to you, my friend, as we begin this final um, Bible study in the seven churches. Um, We're looking at the church of Laodicea. And just a reminder, folk, I shared this earlier, and I'll say it again. Next week, we begin a four-part series taking a look at the connection between COVID, climate, 
Crisis and Christ, the four C's. Amen. Looking forward to that series. Well, Pastor Danny, do you want to open with absolutely, prayer for us? absolutely, Father in heaven? We thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you that He indeed is the blessed hope. We thank you yes. that He is our only true hope. And we ask and pray that as we open Your Word, Father, and we and we look at the words of Jesus Himself in this final message um, of the seven churches that impacts and relates to us directly today that will have ears to hear and hearts that are receptive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed journeying with you, uh, Pastor Danny, and all of our listeners mm. uh, through the seven churches. Amen. It's been uh, a fantastic Since journey. we couldn't go too far during lockdowns and COVID, <laughs> we've been all over Asia Minor. All, all over Turkey, modern day Turkey. Yes, that's right. And today we are heading to Laodicea, which is not too far from Philadelphia. And we just have to ask our traveling archaeologists um, in the room right now. You've been there. I have been to Laodicea. And you I remember. Can, I I can say a lot about Laodicea. Oh, wonderful. Yes. So I will have something. remember to... <laughs> some things about Sardis, but he no. knows a lot about Laodicea. Laodicea so. is fascinating. I took photos and I've got some things to share awesome. as we go along, yes. Well, maybe to start us off, maybe I'll just read it, yeah. the letter. Good idea. Um, and then, uh, of course, we'll have a free offer for everybody in our next We'll tell you about it soon. But let me just tell you uh, what Jesus says to the church. And if you have a Bible, you can bring it and open it. We're in Revelation chapter 3, and we're beginning this letter in verse 14. The Bible says, And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed And anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chase, and therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I am standing at the door. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Mm, And uh, that's the letter. So now we back up and we'll just take it verse by verse because there's a wonderful message here. We are talking historically now about the last church. So we're talking since uh, the Church of Philadelphia took us, you know, uh, from... You know, the late 70s, uh, 1700s rather, uh, through to about 1844, 1850. So now we're dealing with from about 1850 right down to today. To right now, right down to the very end of time. There's no other church after this. This is it. So we're living in the time of Laodicea uh, in a spiritual sense. But uh, what would you like to share with us so far about, you know, verse 14? Well, I think the name. Um, you know, that's probably the first thing we want to take a look at. You know, this is the the church uh, that is called Laodicea. Mm-hmm. And um, Laodicea comes from two Greek words, laos and dikeia. Mm-hmm. And uh, those two words are 
people, laos is, is people, like we talk about the laity in the church, you know, yep. the people of the church, and dikeia is another word for judgment. Right. So you put the two words together, judgment of the people mm-hmm. um, or a people who are being judged. Yes. So this is a message to a people who are living in earth's final judgment hour. Amazing. And that is the time we find ourselves since 1844. Mm-hmm. We have been living in earth's final judgment hour. So this is so applicable. It's in the name. Um, and that's our first clue that this is dealing with um, yeah, our time. And it's an extremely important message. And this is, you know, the judgment hour is in connection with, you know, the day of atonement, which was the most um, solemn day in the Hebrew calendar. And we've looked at that in the past when all the sins were transferred out of the sanctuary, well, from the people into the sanctuary, into the most holy place, and then out of the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and the sanctuary was cleansed, and the whole camp of Israel was cleansed from all sin. So it was a good time. It was I mean, a fantastic was time. An yes. exciting time. It was an exciting time. So that was and the end. And a solemn end, time. Uh, a solemn and an exciting time, but that was the cleansing. And what followed was the Feast of Tabernacles, which is the heavenly experience, that millennium mm. that, will in, uh, that, that, that will cap off um, this period of time. You know, a lot of people, especially in our culture today, we don't like the word judgment. Don't judge me. <laughs> That's what we say. That's right. But it's very interesting, you know, to the La- the church in Laodicea, a people judged. Jesus introduces himself with three wonderful titles. Um, he calls himself the Amen, the Faithful and the True Witness, and the Beginning of the Creation of God. And I guess the Amen is, um, how do we understand this? Well, the word amen is is something that is true. Yes. Um, you know, there is agreement. Um, it, it's it's almost heaven's seal of approval. You know, yes. when 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 there's an amen in the scriptures, it's like all of God's promises are true. They are amen and amen. So yeah, I like that. And then the next title is uh, he is the faithful and true witness. And I just think you know, to a people judged, Jesus is the faithful and true witness. He's going to tell us the truth about ourselves, and he tells us the truth because he loves us. Amen. He's out to save us, and what he tells us is always for our good. And he has a very strong message, uh, a very a strong warning and rebuke that he gives uh, to this church, but. Um, and the final title there, The Beginning of the Creation of God. Uh, how do we understand this? Was Jesus created? Is that what the Bible is saying here? No, Jesus wasn't created. Um, you know, John 1, Colossians 1, Hebrews 1 make it abundantly clear that God created through his son, Jesus Christ. That's right. and, you know, John 1 in particular, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Yes. So. Uh, Jesus doesn't have a beginning. He is the great I am Mm -hmm. um, who was, you know, who yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. However, I think it's significant, Sharissa, that Jesus describes himself as the beginning of creation of God. Here here the focus is on creation. Mm -hmm. And guess what we have? We have the advent of Darwinism and evolution during this period of time. And so we have Jesus Christ, you know, Represented as the creator, representing you know the biblical view of creation. Not to mention the the 
the memorial of creation, which is the Sabbath. Amazing how and God that is that. at this time as well that the Sabbath comes to the fore. So as evolutionary theory starts to sweep the world, God has a message, and yeah. He has a He's calling us back yeah. to remind us: Hang on a minute, I made you, and you you have a purpose. You're mm. not just a, a result of billions of years of evolutionary luck. So I love that introduction. Jesus is the starting of creation. Without Him, creation would mm. not have been. And uh, you know. The very fact that he is the creator means that he ha- it's a sign of deity and he is the son of God and we'll have to come back with more. We will be coming back in, in a little bit. So we're going to continue this journey um, in, the, in, the, in the church of Laodicea. In the meantime, just sit back and enjoy a song from one of our favorite artists, Carly Fletcher, My Everything. Yeah. She just sings so beautifully, like an angel, really, like an angel. She's just got a beautiful voice. So sit back and enjoy and we'll be with you in just a moment. I'm rich in need of nothing Covered with clothes that I have made I may seem whole but I am broken Walking in my own But when I step into your presence Your light exposes who I am Naked and ashamed I am so broken Jesus, I need your find gold I clothe you in pure clothes of white and give to you my perfect sight I love you Step into God's presence 
Hope you enjoyed that beautiful song from Carly Fletcher. She has been blessed, hasn't she, with a beautiful oh, voice? It's just, it's just music you can just listen to for hours and hours and hours on end. It's just, it just soothes the soul, Absolutely. You know, relaxes, and it's just, and you can you hear every word, you understand every word. It really touches the soul, doesn't it? It does. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, we've got our giveaway, folk. Um, just to let you know what we'll be giving away today. So this is, I understand, our second segment. Um, there'll be one more. And so in the third segment, we'll mm-hmm. be giving the code word. Okay. The code word, um, and we'll let you know regarding that. So the book is, it's a great book by Dennis Smith. He's written a number of books on revival and reformation and prayer and all those important things that will help us prepare for the coming of Jesus. In this book is entitled 40 Days, Prayers and Devotions on God's End Time Church. On Mm. God's End Time Church. And it's book eight. So, um, yeah, it's 40 days. So over a 40-day period, you'll be able to go deeper into your prayer and devotional experience as you prepare for the coming of Jesus. Uh, Sounds like a wonderful book, and I understand we have two copies. Two copies. Okay. So that'll be for our first and... Third, fourth, we'll have first and third. Yep. First, first and, and third. third. First and third. So not right now. You don't wait. You'll need to wait for the code word, which will come in the next segment. Sounds so, like a wonderful book. It'll be a fantastic. It's a great book. Anything from Dennis Smith, generally speaking, is fantastic. It's a real blessing. So Sharissa, All right. continue the journey. All right. Well, just as we uh, hit the road again, just a shout out to my husband. He just texted me. He's listening. Oh, Justin's <laughs> He's listening. He's driving, listening. So. Oh, good on you, Justin. Amen. <laughs> All right. He's a great husband to he have, is. isn't he? he Absolutely. Is. You won't be trading him anytime soon no (laughs) all right so we are going through the letter to the church of laodicea and we've just gone through uh the titles by which jesus introduces himself to this church but now we come to his you know opening remarks and there's something to to take note of first of all he says i know your works jesus said that to every single church he does he does and he says it to you and i today he knows everything about us I love that. I know your works. And then he says that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. Now, uh, then goes on, talks about being lukewarm. So just want to pause here because, you know, it's been interesting as we've been traveling together to the seven churches in our radio program, we've noticed that there's a lot of significance behind the geographical location of the churches that Mm. Jesus chooses Mm. to address his uh, opening messages to, his opening love letters to here in the book of Revelation. And I'm just thinking that there must be a lot of significance to this Mm. analogy right here. You are right on the money and I can speak to this item. I'm so glad you can remember this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. Laodicea is a fascinating, um, a fascinating city. It was a very wealthy city, very wealthy city, and that comes out later on as we as we look at the words that Jesus uses to describe it. But when it comes to the hot and cold issue, Laodicea was extremely wealthy, but it was 
poor when it came to water supply. It did not have its own water supply. So Laodicea would have to get its water supply from a place up the road, a number of kilometers up the road, that was called um, Heri, Heriopolis. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've got your yeah. Her- Hariopolis, is it? Yeah, I think I think it's something like that. Anyway, um, so there there were there were hot springs, um, and that's in a place called Pumukale, Pumukale, something like that. I'm not sure if we've got <laughs> if we've got someone who is Turkish, they'll be able to sort that out. Yep. Um, anyway, these hot springs. We went to these hot springs, so they're uh-huh. they're just a little way away from Laodicea, and the water was transported from. Pumukale or Heriopolis, yep. all the way to Laodicea on aqueducts. Uh-huh. Like, like pipes. Pipes, yeah, pipes. yeah. So these were hot water springs wow. at, at Heriopolis. Very hot. Even to this day, you can go there. Lots of tourists do. Amazing. And it's boiling hot, like boiling hot water, just like you'd go to a hot spring. You know, they were hot, natural hot mineral baths. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so the water would be transported um, uh, to, to Laodicea, sort of downhill. And Laodicea... When it received that water, which was hot to begin with, guess what? What? It was lukewarm. Wow. It was lukewarm. And not just that it was lukewarm, but it would actually make you sick potentially because of all the mineral content. Wow. And Laodicea was so wealthy. I mean, I've got photos here that I'm looking at myself. Laodicea had, had um, in, the, in the city, it actually had a plumbing system. Hmm. They had plumbing, indoor plumbing. Wow. That's like there are homes today around the world that don't have indoor plumbing. That's true. I've been I've been to many parts of the world where there's no indoor plumbing, especially in the third world. They had indoor plumbing. Mm. They had toilets within their homes with indoor plumbing. That was so advanced and they were just so wealthy. And anyway, the cold part is really interesting because is as you look out uh, to the other side of Laodicea, there is a mountain range. And on the mountain range in the middle of summer – there was snow. Mm. I took a photo. Wow. I'm not sure if you can see this, Sharissa. Can you see that? I can verify it, everyone. There is snow on the mountain. So this is in the middle of summer. Wow. So on one side are the hot pools, Heriopolis. On the other side is a mountain um, that has snow up the top, and, and obviously the snow melts and goes down. So down below... There was, um, there were obviously nice cold water streams, but in order to get to the cold water streams, they had to either go themselves or send their servants to the cold water stream to get the water, to get the cold, fresh water from those cold water streams that were coming from the mountain. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. So when Jesus is saying, you know, I, you know, I see, I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. Like he is, it's. Yeah. Makes total sense in terms of his absolutely, geography. absolutely. So obviously, though, he's speaking to a church and he's speaking spiritually. So uh, when he says this, he's obviously acknowledging that this church um, in Laodicea, represented by Laodicea here, uh, which has lukewarm water coming into it, it represents the the same. Uh, I guess we could say compromise, yep. complacency, self sufficiency uh, was starting to impact the church and making it lukewarm warm when someone has a lukewarm spiritual experience we might say that they have a divided heart that's right that they are not neither hot nor cold that's right and 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 when you mix hot and cold together you have that which is lukewarm yes and so um 
Yeah, just a fascinating um, thing right here. And, you know, Jesus never really spoke very positively about this. He said, and I'll just read to you what he says about having a divided heart. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, he says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate mm. the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. And I thought it was also interesting, uh, the Greek here for cold is not just uh, cold or cool, but it's Icy cold. Oh. That's the implication. And when you showed me that snowy mountain, I was like, wow, that's amazing. And then the implication for hot is not just uh, warm or hot, but boiling hot, which is what you said. There was boiling water there. It's at boiling hot. Boiling uh, hot. Just amazing. So the problem of this church in a spiritual sense is indifference. And uh, I'm not sure how much time we have. Oh, we've got plenty of time. We've only, yeah, we've got plenty of time. So um, okay. our friend Shell, uh, you may need to... Um, just close the window. Ah, That's yeah, it. There we go. Time, there we yeah. go. Okay, fantastic. Now, what's interesting also is in the first church, um, Ephesus, uh, Jesus says there um, that your love has grown cold. Mm. So the love for Jesus. Um, lost your first love. You've lost your first love. So, yeah. so their love for Jesus was growing cold as well. And it's that's very amazing, and you know uh, it's interesting here too, because uh, let me just see my notes here. Okay, so my notes here says so. Jesus goes on. He says, I, I, "You are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot." Why does Why does he say that? Mm, because he he so much wants them. He so much wants them to be the one or the other. You see, when we're cold, when we're away from Christ. Christ is able to reach us because we we will sense that we have a need. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when we're in between, we're, we're comfortable. We're, so true. We're comfortable and we don't realize we are lost, but yet, you know, we're, we're comfortable in our lostness. So Jesus is like, I'd rather have you in the pig pen, like yep. the prodigal son who was in the pig pen, or I want you to be on fire in my father's house, but don't. Be in between because he says, I'm going to vomit you out. And it's interesting that word zeal, sorry, the word hot, um, it's the Greek word zestos. Mm-hmm. We get the word zealous mm-hmm. from the word mm-hmm. zestos. So Jesus says, I want you to be zealous. And what that origin and what the word zestos means, it means to burn with zeal, to be heated or to be or to boil, to be zealous in the pursuit of good, to be jealous. Wow. So this is all. This is bringing out, you know, that 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 firm, faithful commitment. You know, faithful to the end. You know, amen. Yeah. Ah, uh, so God, God would rather us be uncomfortable, <laughs> and so that we could recognize um, our our need mm. of revival, our need to be hot, because He can see that this spiritual flame of love for Him is dying, and uh, but people in Laodicea just can't seem to see that at at this. Point. And He says it three times. He says. I wish you were, you're, you're neither cold nor hot, cold nor hot. It mentions right. it three times. That's right. And so that tells us that, you know, this is conclusive because anytime the Bible repeats something three times, you know, you've got the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, there's unity there. So this is, this is the truth. And, um, and we need to take note of this. Otherwise, why would, why would Jesus repeat himself three times? He wants us to get it. Absolutely. And, you know, this is like the worst rebuke that is, is given to any of the churches. But at the same time, while this is the worst rebuke, Jesus also gives to this church, the church of Laodicea, with all of its problems and lukewarmness, he gives her the greatest admonition. And he says, as he many as I love, 
I rebuke and chasten. He's telling the church the truth about their spiritual condition because he loves them. Amen. That's powerful too. Amen. Well, um, let's just unpack the next part of this. We might have to go into the next section for this. Um, he says that they make him sick. He says, I will vomit you out of my mouth. And now we understand a little more why that also makes historical sense because of all the mineral content that builds up in the water by the time it reached Laodicea. But verse 17 of Revelation 3 is in- interesting. He says, because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Mm. Wow. There's a little bit to unpack right there. Um, is there anything you want to say about this? Well, what I want to say is regarding the, the vomiting. Yep. It's really fascinating. Um, we, won't, we won't go to the Old Testament scriptures, but it was interesting that um, on the Day of Atonement, God said that if his people did not come to him and confess all of them all of their sins, they would be vomited out. Mm. He would vomit them out. So this language is also used in connection with the Day of Atonement, um, which we talked about earlier, you know, the cleansing of the sanctuary. And that's what this period of time is. It's the hour of his judgment, you know. True. And so and so this is really, really um pertinent to us and not just that but as i was thinking about you know the whole vomiting when you vomit it pains you so when jesus vomits mm-hmm. it pains him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so he's feeling the pain so he's going to experience pain by by having to you know by having to honor those that want to disconnect themselves from him because they want to remain in that lukewarm state so it's going to pain the heart of jesus christ as well wow. powerful. very powerful well we're going to go to a song we're going to come back with some more after this break um casting crown sit back and enjoy somewhere between the hot and the cold somewhere between the new and the Somewhere between who I am and who I used to be Somewhere in the middle you'll find me Somewhere between the wrong and the right Somewhere between the darkness and the light Somewhere between who I was and who you're making me Somewhere in the middle you'll find me Just how close can I get, Lord, to my surrender Without losing all control Fearless warriors in a picket fence Reckless abandon wrapped in common sense Deep water faith in the shallow end And we are caught in the middle With eyes wide open to the differences The God we want and the God who is But will we trade our dreams for His Or are we caught in the middle? Are we caught in the middle? Somewhere between my heart and my hands Somewhere between my faith and my plans Somewhere 
between the safety of the boat and the crashing waves. Somewhere between a whisper and a roar. Somewhere between the altar and the door. Somewhere between contented peace and always wanting more. Somewhere in the middle, you'll find me. Just how close can I get, Lord, to my surrender without losing all control? Fearless warriors in a picket fence, reckless abandon wrapped in common sense. Deep water faith in the shallow end, and we are caught in the middle. With eyes wide open to the differences, the God we want and the God who is. But will we trade our dreams for His, or are we caught in the middle? Lord, I feel You in this place, and I know You're by my side, loving me even on these nights. When I'm caught in the middle, I'm caught in the middle. Hope you enjoyed that beautiful song, "Casting Crown." Absolutely. Somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the middle, and um, Sharissa, we have been discussing the importance of being either hot or cold. In fact, Jesus wants us to be hot. It's Amen. very clear as you read, um, you know, the words of Jesus later on. He says, "I wish, I wish, you would be hot. Therefore, be zealous." That's that word, zestos. Um, be zealous and repent. Amen. Amen. Well, we've got our code word ready to roll. You ready to give it now? I'm ready to give it right now. So the book is 40 Days, Prayers and Devotions. It's um, a beautiful book. Absolutely. On God's End Time Church. So it's going to give you some incredible insights um, as to God's End Time Church, which we're looking at right now because that's the period. God's End Time Church is raised by God at this period of time in history. Amen. So it's it's a great book. So to the first and the third caller or person who texts us okay. on the number 0491-064-669. So, Sharissa. Here we go. We're back. So what's our code word? The code word is Zestos. Spelt? H-O-T. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> so you can give it a go. Zestos. Or hot. So zestos means hot in the Greek. So um, there we go. We'll yeah. see. We'll see our Greek spellings come in. <laughs> Let's see. So the first and the third person to text us with the code word hot or zestos, mm. um, the book will be yours. So um, Amen. yeah. So we'll let you know. 
All right. Well, um, we come back to Revelation chapter 3. We're, we're going to have to keep our skates on now because uh, there's a lot to cover in yeah, is indeed. our program. has gone so fast. But before the break, uh, we were just in Revelation chapter 3, verse 17, where Jesus says, Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Um this is what it looks like to be lukewarm. But I think we could unpack a little bit of the significance here about why Jesus says uh, that they say they are rich. You were mentioning something about yes, this. Yes, yes, I was. Um, Laodicea was a very, very wealthy, uh, a very wealthy town, um, as I pointed out. In fact, it suffered an earthquake. That's it right, suffered an earthquake in the that. first century, and uh, the Roman, uh, the Roman government offered. Mm-hmm. Uh, to provide financial support to help them rebuild. And they said, no, thank you. We do not need your financial support because we are rich. And they were rich, and we'll look at it probably a little bit later with, with, with the cure, mm-hmm. but they were rich in um, gold. They, they were a banking capital in, in, in that part of the world. They were rich when it came to you know, clothing, and they had this special... Um, you know, this special, uh, these special garments that were produced from, from the sheep that yes. they had in the area, you know, and they were also wealthy as far as they had, uh, you know, this, this famous ointment, you know, for the eyes, mm. you know, like an eye hospital. Wow. So they were very wealthy. And uh, the, the, the city archaeologists have found it, and like I said, I was there in 2010, and it's, it's a, it was a city of about fifty to 60,000 people, somewhere there, you know, we're not exactly quite sure, but somewhere there, and it had two amphitheatres, Wow. Two amphitheaters and a hippodrome. Now, a hippodrome is where the chariot races happen. Like we just had the Melbourne Cup yesterday. It's true. So we have our own hippodromes here. Yep. You know? um, so, yeah, so the chariot. So it had two, not one, but, but two amphitheaters and one hippodrome. Like that's unusual to have all that. And they had these hot baths. So they were extremely wealthy. Um, and, yeah, they. Th- they had everything they needed. It was an extremely wealthy uh, city. No way. So, so the Christians were, by and large, very wealthy there. And this is one of the few, um, I think it may be the only one, or possibly there may be another one, but one of the few churches where we know that there really was no persecution of the Christians in this very city. And I'm so glad you said that, because it's very interesting that if we remember to the church of Smyrna, Mm. Jesus said, I know your works, your tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. Mm. And that was the persecuted church. Yes, that's right. So they were poor in earthly goods, but rich in faith. And here in Laodicea, they are rich in earthly goods, or even in a spiritual sense, they have a wonderful understanding of spiritual things, prophecy even, um, but uh, they are poor in faith. Yes, they and they're are. they're destitute. So poor they're destitute. In fact, the word here when Jesus says you are, you are wretched, miserable, poor, that's like beggar poor, beggarly yeah, poor. It's true. And um, I just want to highlight two things on this that stood out to me. One was uh, the comment here, Jesus says you are wretched. Did you know that this word only appears twice in all the Bible? Mm-hmm. You knew that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fascinating that it appears in Romans chapter 7. And yeah. in Romans chapter 7, verse 24, Paul said, O wretched man that I am, 
Who will deliver me from this body of death? And then praise God, he keeps going. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And then he goes on into chapter eight. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, uh, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So, you know, this, this whole understanding, this mm. coming realization that all of us without Jesus, we are wretched. Amen. We are miserable. We are poor. We are blind. We are naked. Shame is off, you know, associated with nakedness. Um, that is our condition apart yeah. from Christ. But Jesus wants all of us not just to have uh, that conclusion at the end of Romans 7, but to keep reading and to go into Romans chapter 8 to have mm. that Romans 8 experience where what our free offer today is all yes. about, where we walk by faith and the Holy Spirit empowers us. He lives in our hearts and he mm. helps us and he transforms our hearts to be more like Jesus. Amen. Very well said. And what you have just described here. Well, what Jesus described here, you know, this um, this downward spiral of wretchedness, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, and for for a first century Jew, a first century Christian, a twenty first century, you know, Christian, anyone today to be naked, that's like that's like the most um, shameful thing, shameful and humiliating experience um, right. to be naked, and it's interesting that. You know, Jesus doesn't speak again in person after Revelation chapter 3 until we get to Revelation chapter 16 and verse 15. The next time we have red letters, if you have a red letter Bible where the words of Jesus are in red, the next time the red letters will appear in Revelation is in Revelation 16 and verse 15. Do you want to read that, Sharissa? says, Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. So this is Jesus speaking in connection with his second coming. It's very clear. He's saying, Behold, I'm coming as a thief. That's in connection with his second coming. He encourages us to watch, to have our garments, which is what Laodicea desperately needs, because we are naked without those garments, which are the robe of Christ and his righteousness. Amen. And this reminds us of the nakedness that Adam and Eve experienced in the Garden of Eden. When, when they walked away from God and his presence, when that, when that presence of God that encircled them, that clothed them, when that departed from them, when they walked away from God, when they chose to sin and rebel against God and his word and his love, what did they do? They covered themselves with fig, fig, leaves. fig leaves. And so if we seek anything other than the robe of Jesus Christ and his righteousness, our own righteousness, If we seek that, it's like covering ourselves with fig leaves. We still remain naked. Amen. Ah, powerful. And you know that this this whole concept of uh, self righteousness or Mm. pride. I guess the root of it is pride, thinking more of ourselves than we are, putting ourselves above any need for a savior. Um, it's fascinating. I was just sharing with you before that, you know, there's kind of a, a similar attitude that is reflected in Revelation 18 concerning Babylon, end time Babylon. Mm, and yes, it says indeed. here in Revelation 18, verse 7, um, speaking of Babylon, she says in her heart, I sit as queen and am no widow and will not see sorrow. It sounds so reminiscent of Laodicea. I am rich, have become wealthy and have need of nothing. Mm, yes. um, but that self-sufficiency, but the reality is, apart from Christ, we are we're lost. We yes. need Jesus. And this is why Jesus sends the love letters to the churches, because he knows that he knows our miserable condition. He and does. Um, 
Yeah, I love now that he offers a solution. Amen it's all for in that. Himself, and uh, we should unpack that now. So do you want to read verse 18 again? Sure. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eyesalve that you may see. Amen. I love that, you know, this is a church that makes Jesus feel sick. He would, it makes him feel like vomiting. But he still gives them an opportunity to repent. Amen. And that's a good news for everybody that's listening right now. No matter mm. who you are, where you've been, what you're doing, if you can hear this broadcast, Amen. then Jesus wants you to know that he wants to give you an opportunity to turn to him, to surrender your life to him. Remember that verse we read before, today yeah. is the day of salvation. Exactly. And so uh, he counsels them to do a couple of things, to buy... Gold refined in the fire. It's interesting the language of buying. Yes. Because people people ask the question, but isn't salvation a free gift? Like, how can oh. we buy? How can we buy something that's free? Yes. And the answer is in Isaiah chapter 55. And I know that you're nodding your head because you're thinking of that passage as well. In no, Isaiah 55 yeah. and verse 1, uh, God says, Ho. Um, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and buy milk without money and without price. And then he goes on, you know, why do you spend money for that which is not bread and your wages for that which is not which does not satisfy. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. And he goes on and incline your ear and come to me and hear and, and so on and so forth. He goes on. And um, so, so what we are to buy is is that gift of eternal life. It's not like we purchase it no. with dollars and cents, but we buy it through a surrender of the heart. I love that. The surrender of the heart. Buying suggests you exchange yeah. something. You give something, you receive something in return. And, and what you just said, I read this quote from an amazing book called Steps to Christ. Oh, go for it. She says, what do we give up when we give all? A sin-polluted heart for Jesus to purify, to cleanse by his own blood, and to save by his matchless love. Mm. And yet men think it hard to give all, to give up all. I am ashamed to hear it spoken of, ashamed to write it. But that's mm. true. Like that's the exchange. Mm. That's the exchange. We're giving our our our, our sinful robes, mm-hmm. um, our filthy rags, as the Bible refers to it. We're giving them to Jesus for him to place upon us his robe of righteousness. It's Amen. Well, and that's the exchange, right? Yeah. So well, you want to continue on? Well, we should probably. Yeah, you've talked about the the robe of righteousness here. Um, <laughs> to be clothed is to be rescued from the shame of the nakedness that uh, the condition was in. Bef- we were talking about before, but um, what about the whole uh, gold refined in the fire? Okay, gold refined in the fire. Now we know from scripture that gold refined in the fire is is a reference is a reference to our characters being purified. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we desperately need our characters to be purified by Jesus Christ. And, um, and that purification takes place, you know, in, in the heat of um, even, even persecution True. And, and difficulties. So I have a scripture here from um, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Where yes. Peter writes, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that's that language from Laodicea, 
that perishes, that it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. So this is this so is this what is it that is. purification Powerful. that Jesus is saying. We need a faith that can withstand fiery trials. I think, especially as we head to the, the coming of Jesus. Absolutely. You know, the Bible talks about a time of trouble such as never was. We're going to need a faith that will hold on to Jesus. A Amen. faith that's been tested by trials, a bit like Daniel chapter three and the three worthies. It is. It is. It is, exactly. And so uh, this message is so applicable and appropriate to us. So we need that strong faith. And I love how Paul in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, you know, he says, For in Christ Jesus there's neither circumcision nor nor uncircumcision, which avails nothing but, he says, faith working through love. So this being refined in the fire is our faith being refined in the fire of God's love. Beautiful. And, you know, I was just thinking as you said that um, this faith that we need that's refined in the fire of God's love, Jesus ultimately wants us to have his faith. Mm. And Revelation fourteen twelve: here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of oh. Jesus. Mm, and amen. where do we see Jesus' faith shine brightest was in the darkest moments of his life there, mm. on, even on the cross of Calvary. He was trusting in the Father. He was fully surrendered and uh, didn't give up. And that's just a wonderful picture of the faith that Jesus wants to give us. Amen. Bye from me. Amen. And, and that's that gift. That's that wonderful gift of faith, yes. Amen. And the last thing here, if we can squeeze it in, mm. we'll probably have to come back to it, but anointing your eyes with eye self. Yes, well, the, the eye self is the Holy Spirit, and Amen. that alone enables us to distinguish God's will from what our own will is. And so the oil is a representation of the Holy Spirit. It is in Scripture. And so this is extremely important. So, folk, we're going to come back after the news and um, for our final segment. We've got Kate Gariga, Isaiah 55. Sit back and enjoy. Come to the waters. You who have no money, come by and eat. Yes, come by wine. And milk without money, without price. Where do you spend money for what is not bread? And your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself. In abundance, incline your ear, come to me, here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Surely you shall call a nation you don't know, and nations who don't know you shall run to you because of the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel. He's glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be Upon him while he's near, and he will. 
Dudes and dudettes, this is Robbie. And I'm Tash from Real Faith. If you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then come join us from 3.30 to 5.30 every Thursday hour to hear fresh stories of God working in real people's lives. Digging deep into the scriptures and having a fun time. We'll We'll see see you you there. there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. I'm Robbie Bergen, and I'm inviting you to tune in to my brand new show right here on Faith FM, The Faith Experiment. Join me as I share with you my personal experiment with faith and how September 11, 2001 helped shape my worldview. I've got great giveaways, so join me on Mondays right after the breakfast show right here on Faith FM. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. It's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Great to have you on our Looking Up show on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon here with uh, Shell in the driver's seat managing this whole show. <laughs> well, her job mainly is to manage me. <laughs> um, she doesn't really do need to do much for Sharissa. <laughs> Sharissa <laughs> manages herself very well. Well, she's got a full-time job, hands full managing me, poor Shell and Sharissa. How are you, my friend? Still tracking well. Still this is tracking our last well. segment. Okay. This is our last segment, and we have one more book left. Oh. So um, we've had the first caller call in, so we need our second caller to be a good Samaritan so that the third caller can get the prize. And so the code word is Zestos or Spell Hot. It hot. <laughs> Spelled Hot. <laughs> so if you would like the book, 40 Days, Prayers and Devotions on God's End Time Church. This would be a fantastic 40-day devotional book. So the third caller to come through. So we need two people to call up 
and the third caller will have that book. So fire away. The number is 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. Call in right now and the book will be yours. Sharissa, over to you, my friend. All right. Well, we are coming now to the end. We've seen Jesus offer the solution to Laodicea's, uh, Laodicea's lukewarm problem. And uh, I love that Jesus has an answer for everything. Amen. He is the answer. And uh, in Revelation 3.19, he says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chase, and therefore be zealous and repent. I couldn't help but notice that these words were also echoing uh, Revel- sorry, Proverbs 3, verse 12, which says, For whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Just as a father, the, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. Mm, fascinating. And if I could just add to that, you have mentioned um, in that scripture that the father corrects the one whom he loves. You know, the father corrects his son whom he loves. That word chasten, mm-hmm. I looked it up in mm-hmm. the Greek. It's the word paideo, which is the word that we get our English word pediatrics, which is a study of childhood. Oh, so that's not interesting. Yeah. So, so Jesus is saying, you're my child. You're my little child, and I'm correcting you as a loving father. A loving parent corrects his or her child. I just think we have to hone in on that because, you know, Jesus loves Laodicea. Make mm. no mistake about it. If that's you, if you feel like this church describes you and it describes us, it describes, <laughs> describes all of me, us. Uh, Jesus loves Laodicea. And, he loves. you know, it's fascinating that the previous church, the Church of Philadelphia, you know, that church of brotherly love, which had that open door of mission opportunity, and there was no rebuke for that church. Jesus also told them that he loved them also. Mm. Um, he said that, you know, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. That's verse 9. So to the faithful church, Jesus loves them. To the unfaithful church, Jesus loves them still. And his love is expressed here in a form of discipline. Sometimes the most loving thing we can do for our kids is discipline Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, then he goes on. He calls for them to repent, and I love this next verse, Revelation twenty uh, three twenty. Well, therefore, be zealous and repent. We mentioned that earlier. Um, that word zealous is yes. the word zestos. That's right. Hot. It's the same word for hot. Mm-hmm. So our code word. Our code word, indeed. So call in, call in. We still is the book still available? It's still available. You can call in. So Jesus is inviting us to be hot. Earlier he says, you're neither hot nor cold, you're neither hot nor cold three times. And at the end he's like appealing, I'm inviting you to join yourself with me with a wholehearted, consecrated heart. Be hot, be hot, be hot. I'm inviting you into my presence. And God is a consuming fire. So when we come into his presence, we come into that heat of his love. And we talk about love, you know, oh, oh, his love for her is just hot as you know, we talk about love being hot. We don't talk about love being cold. Nope. You know, we no, talk about ice cream being cold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we don't talk about, oh, he's got ice cold love for me. He's yeah. so special. No. Right. We talk about, you know, the. Uh, we talk about, you know, oh, things are heating up. Things are heating up in the relationship. Yep. We don't say, oh, things are cooling down. It's a fantastic relationship. Anyway. So true. Okay, enough of my marriage talk and relationships 101. <laughs> Over to you, Charissa. No, it was fantastic because this is what it is. That's what it is, yeah. This is Jesus giving his relationship talk uh, to to this church. It's a love letter. Um, I'm glad you pointed that out. So in verse 20, this was actually the very first 
Bible verse I remember memorizing. Oh, wow. Here I remember, we go. I remember it from kindergarten. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Wow. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Wow. There's a number of things that we can pick out of this. Yes, um, indeed. First of all, there's a door there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God made each of us with this ability to choose. Mm-hmm. And Jesus pictures himself as knocking. knocking. He's a gentleman. He doesn't Amen. barge in. Amen. But and it's in the continuous tense. Yes, present continuous, an ongoing, repeated action. Mm-hmm, he is mm-hmm, knocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, too, that the very fact that he's knocking, he doesn't barge in. The handle is on the inside. That's right. It's up to us to open the door. That's right. That's right. And it's interesting, he says, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. Here, uh, the word that is used for this uh, meal that Jesus wants to join in with us is dinner time. Yes. And for and for and 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 for the people in the first century, the dinner, just like today, was the most precious meal of the day. It was when you could relax, um, be together with family. There were no, you know, there were no rushing here, rushing there, because they would often, you know, just have something, something, nothing for breakfast, which people do today. <laughs> you yes. know, they'll have a cup of coffee and whatever for breakfast, and lunch was sort of eaten on the run as well. But dinner was to sit. And to fellowship it, to enjoy, you know, time with family and, and good food. And it was a special meal. So Jesus here is saying, I want to spend time with you. I want our time to be special and meaningful. That's powerful. I want to have, I want to, I want to enjoy food. And what's, and what's the bread of life? It's the word of God. So when we open up the word of God, we are like inviting Jesus into our hearts through that door that we have opened and we're inviting him. To, to share with us the bread of heaven, which is his word, and and no distractions, and may that be the best time of the day, a devotional experience to be the best time of the day. And wow. that's how we grow that relationship with Jesus. That's how it becomes hot. That's, oh. our, that's that love, that hot love. Yes. I love this because Jesus doesn't ask us to prepare the meal or bring the food no. when, he, when he wants to have this meal with us. He's going to supply the meal, yeah. the bread yeah. that he brings. He does, the meal yes, that he indeed. Brings. And uh, you know what else I, I picked up here as we were mm. coming, and you've kind of already said it, but you know, he says, I stand at the door and knock. He's talking to a church, but he says, if anyone. So then he, it's like honing in on a personal, mm. this isn't a personal appeal. I'm not just appealing to the church. Yes, the church, collectively, corporately, we all need this, but individually, mm. Jesus appeals to us and uh, he wants to share this intimate meal, this personal relationship. He wants to have it with you. What's interesting is when Jesus met Zacchaeus a week before his, a week before his crucifixion, he says, today I must stay at your house. Yes. He invited himself over to Zacchaeus's place as an individual invitation that he gave to him and they had a meal together because that's how you, that's how you connect. Today, that's how you connected 2,000 years ago. That's how people have connected for the last 6,000 years. They have connected and built their relationships based on a meal, based on you know, communion with one another. And that, that, that shows trust, that shows love, that shows, you know, Coming together. That's a that's a really powerful point, and you just reminded me of another one. Um, Peter kind of demonstrates what it looks like to be laid a sin. Like Peter thought he was hot mm. for Jesus. Mm. Oh, you know, whatever you say, Lord, I'll do it. You know, I'll, I'll you know I'll die for you. And then no sooner does the the pressure start coming when the heat gets turned up, and Peter, you know, crumbles, crashes, and burns. And uh, you know he denies Jesus three times, but. 
Jesus still loved Peter, mm. even in his、uh, condition of Laodiceanness. And as soon as Peter, you know, the Holy Spirit brought conviction to him, and he saw himself, his wretched, miserable condition,、uh, he was able to repent. And fascinating. That Jesus,、uh, you know, reinstates him again in、mm. John chapter twenty-one, but over breakfast. Over breakfast, a、indeed. meal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 companionship, that、yeah. relationship. He wanted him to know, Peter. Absolutely, I've forgiven you, and I want to use you still. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Well,、uh, we're nearly there, but there's just a couple more things we can、uh, look at now in verse twenty-one. Do you want to read、mm. that one? Sure.、Us? Verse twenty-one. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne.、Mm, beautiful. This is the promise、mm. to the overcomer and to every church,、uh, and to every era of Christian history. Jesus has given promises to those who overcome. I guess the message is: it is possible to overcome through Christ. Amen. Amen. And. You know, if you go through the seven churches, you discover, and I got this from、um, a commentary on Revelation by a scholar called Renko Stefanovic, and he pointed this out: where to the first church Jesus gave, you know, one blessing; to the second church, two blessings; to the third church, three blessings; to the fourth church, four blessings; and all the way down、mm. to the sixth church, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, there are six blessings, but to Laodicea, there's only one blessing or one promise. I should say not blessings, but promise. Plot promises, blessings. It's, it's one and the same. The latest here only receives one promise, and that is to sit with Jesus on His throne. <laughs> Now, why not seven? And that is because, as I was thinking about that, that one promise to sit with Jesus on His throne takes in all the、right. other promises of all the other churches, all in one.、Wow. Because you think about sitting with Jesus on His throne. Encapsulates all of the promises of God to the worst church receives the one all comprehensive promise at the end. Amen. And just remind ourselves what those promises were to the other churches. To the church of Ephesus, I will give from the tree of life. You can eat from the tree of life、mm. in the midst of the paradise of God. To the church of Smyrna, you'll not be touched by the second death and the crown of life. You'll have the crown of life. To the church of Pergamos, I'll give some of the hidden manna to eat and a white stone and a new name. That's right.、Uh, to the church of Thyatira. He said, "I'll give you the morning star." Was himself into the church of Sardis. He said,、oh, "You'll be clothed in white garments, and I'll not blot out your name from the book of life, and I'll confess your name before my Father and before His angels." To Philadelphia, there's a whole bunch here. Do you want me to read them all? Read, yeah. What was Philadelphia? Okay,、uh, keep you from the hour of trial. Would be pillars in the temple of God. They would never leave the temple. Written on them the name of God. Written on them the name of the city of God and God's new name. So that's、wow. all for Philadelphia. And so all of this is in the promise to Laodicea. You can sit with me on my throne, Jesus says. Yes,、That's、and you、powerful. have everything. So you, you think about it. If you if you are part of the royal family, if you are a son or a daughter of the king or the queen, guess what? Everything that the king or queen has belongs to you. Yes. You know, when Queen Elizabeth passes away, Prince Charles he will inherit every thing that his mother had as the as the monarch. Wow. 
Oh, there's just two verses that you've made me think of here. One, Revelation 1 verse 6, Jesus says, uh, the Bible says of Jesus, and has made us kings and priests mm-hmm. to his God and Father, wow. to be to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And Ephesians 2 verse 6, where it talks about how Jesus has raised us up together and made us sit together in mm. the heavenly places wow. in Christ Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Wow. Yeah. This is just incredible, incredible grace. Amen. And, you know, just as we have this one minute left, the last verse of the letter, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. We've heard this seven times now. Yes. Uh, This is the Holy Spirit's appeal to all of us. It's God's appeal to me. It's God's appeal to you. And he wants you to uh, to receive Jesus into Amen. your heart, Amen. to be hot for him, Amen. Amen. and to have all this, the remedy that we need to be found in him. And he who hears is blessed, because yes. in Revelation 1.3 it says, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. That's right. And keep those things which are in it, written in it, for the time is near. Amen. So the blessing is for those that will hear, for those that will respond, and those who will give their hearts and lives to Jesus and seek to live that hot, Filled life, filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit, that fire of the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus wants all of us to enjoy. So hope and pray that you've been blessed, my dear folk. We've come to the end of our Bible study. We've got a song now from Gavin Chatelier, Laodicea. And um, he's just got a beautiful voice. So sit back and enjoy. We'll be with you in just a moment. Do you feel secure where you are now? You feel you've got the truth. You don't need to know anymore now You feel you've got the truth Remember Jesus said if you love me You will keep my words Satan wants you to stay where you are now Stop you searching for truth If you love me You will keep So test all things, hold fast to what is good Drifting away One thing in this world can save me The truth, the life, and the way Remember Jesus said if you love me You will keep my words Satan wants you to stay where you are now Stop your searching for truth If you love Test all 
you enjoyed that song from Gavin Chatelier. 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 <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Shell. And um, beautiful way to conclude with that song later this year. Now, folk, we've just got a few moments left. And just a reminder, the drive time afternoon show follows uh, the Looking Up show immediately. So don't go away. Um, you'll enjoy and be blessed by that from our hosts who are down in Adelaide. Yeah, and um, they'll be they'll be continuing on. So we're we're pretty much at the end of our program for another Wednesday afternoon. There is the book left. We've had the Good Samaritan come through. So we now are awaiting the next caller. Whoever the next caller is, they'll get that book, 40 Days Prayers and Devotions on God's End Time Church. The code word is... Uh, hot. Or Zestos. Yes. Hot or Zestos. <laughs> I was going to say Zealot, but that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and the number is 0491064669. So the first person to text or call, that book is yours. We will send it to you free of charge, and you'll be thoroughly blessed, and you'll be thanking that second caller that has paved the way. So, Sharissa, over to you. Any final thoughts and comments from uh, you for this afternoon? I just think Jesus is amazing. And the more we study the Bible, the more beautiful, the more attractive, the more wonderful he becomes. Amen. You know, I'm reminded in Matthew 28, 20, he made a wonderful promise. Mm. Uh, he said, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. And he keeps his promise. He does. And not only is he going to keep his promise to the end of the world, but Forever. Forever. Like we will sit with him on his throne. Mm, That's we'll a- reign with him. Amazing. Forevermore. Yeah. We'll sit with him on his throne. Thank you so much for that, Sharissa. And, um, and my final thought is, uh, is an invitation 
from God through Scripture. And this is from Solomon, and he's, he's speaking to his son, first and foremost, but he's speaking to all of the children of God. And in Proverbs 23, 26, Solomon writes, My son, my daughter, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. So that's the invitation from Jesus for you today. Give him your heart. Give him your heart. You will never, ever regret it if you give your heart to Jesus today, as Charissa has pointed out, as Scripture points out today, if you hear his voice, as Jesus said to Zacchaeus today, I want to be with you in your home. I want to be with you in your heart. So may that be what um, you do today, and um, and may God bless you in a rich way. Charissa, did you want to have a have a prayer with us? And then, um, yeah, I'll close off. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you for the letter that you sent to Laodicea. We see there's a letter for us here too. We thank you for Jesus and the solution that he brings us and the answers and just the relationship that he longs to have with each one. And I pray that you bless our listeners that as we reflect on this passage, that we would open our hearts up to Jesus, invite him into our hearts and into our lives, that we might have the most wonderful relationship with him that will continue till he comes and on into eternity. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, folk, I want to really thank you again for joining us on this afternoon's Looking Up program. And um, I pray that you'll be uh, thoroughly blessed in the coming weeks as we take a look at the prophetic significance of some of the key items that are taking place. So it's the four C's over the next four weeks. We're going to be looking at COVID. We're going to be looking at climate. We're going to be looking at crisis. And then we're going to be looking at Christ. And so, um, and we're going to be looking at all of that over the next four weeks. So, um, do join us on a Wednesday, 3.30. If you've missed any of the programs, feel free to go to our podcast, um, there on the Faith FM website, download the app and you'll be thoroughly blessed. So. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell (laughs) someone to join you so that we can together be looking up because Jesus is indeed coming very soon. So until we meet again next week, same time, same place, don't don't forget, (laughs) always remember, fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always keeps looking up. God bless you and bye for now. Amen. Look up, look up When you've done all you can And all that's left to do is stand Look up, look up When it's time to face the unknown I am right by your side, you won't ever have to stand alone. Don't be dismayed, just look up, look up. When heaven seems so far away, the unrighteous for every day just look up look up 
Look up. 